You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the episode. Hey guys and welcome back to an episode of Wanderlust Swingers Podcast. This is part two of the Swingers Q&A Volume 3. I'm I think my, my introduction is much better than your introduction. <laughs> Kate and Daryl here and we are joined by the lovely Mr. and Mrs. H from the Bed Hoppers lovely. Podcast. The most famous, infamous and extraordinary swingers in the UK. Mr. Wah, and Mrs. Wah, wah. It's us. Actually, I think they're the second. Second. Or third. It depends on whether Yoda has been involved in swinging or not. When 900 years of swinging you have done, be as famous you or not, hey? <laughs> I think we know the fifth most famous. I believe that, is it uh, like based on the number of like bedposts you've notched? No, based? it's just the number. It's by tonnage. I think we discussed that before. Oh, yeah, metric tonnage. The, no, no, no. It's neither of those things. Tongage? No, Tongage. it's the, 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 the amount of. Self-adoration. Oh, I've done a lot of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not self-molestation. That's a different <laughs> thing. <laughs> so if you missed part one, go and check it out on the Bedhoppers podcast. We are continuing our or Q&A. Or if you don't like the Bedhoppers, don't. Well, then you probably should just tune out. I mean, we're fairly mediocre, really. So. Well, I mean, you're, you're number two in the UK, the, mo- the second most famous yeah. swingers in the UK. This is true. We are. Mm. So go ahead and check out the Bed Hubbers podcast for the first part of this ep- uh, podcast, but... First half, one might say. First half. So th- we are continuing questions from the Marvel US Vixen. Next question, we just got off of like jealousy and emotions. Next one is, have you ever had to step back a bit from the lifestyles? Marvel US Vixen has really got us like digging down deep into the emotions side of the lifestyle, but have you ever had to step back a bit from the lifestyle? Well, we had to when COVID hit. There was, a, there was a natural break in... A government-enforced Yeah, one. a government-enforced like, hiatus, thanks to the global pandemic. Is that yeah. about... I don't feel like that was part of the question, just no. throwing that out there. Well, we had to. We had yeah. to stop. I think it was a measure of, can we survive without the lifestyle? Yeah. And the answer was, yes, we can, but we still like all of our lifestyle friends. Yeah. So the fact that they were still around and we were still chatting to them, but we couldn't physically interact... Was um, I don't know why I've gone with this strange, smashy and noisy voice while I've uh, answered this particular question. But if thank you for joining me today. Um, but I, honestly, I think it was a case of, <laughs> I do love the BBC. And I mean that in the traditional sense. For those of you who are thinking that I'm being very weird. British Broadcasting Company. Exactly. Isn't that's what I was. Oh, well. You don't need to know. That's why they call it BBC. That's right. And I went a bit Australian then, which is even weirder. But uh, honestly, I, I think we, we found that we, we could st- take a step back. And I think even when we went, in fact, when we went to Desire and we met you folks for the very first time in person, we got halfway through the week and we, we did step back for a period. And we had to, we took sort of like an afternoon to reflect. Yeah, it was only one evening then. Yeah, but <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the things we've found as we've gone through this journey we is... We stepped back for about 15 minutes yeah. and... <laughs> Sometimes 15 minutes is all you need. But it was the fact that we recognised that it was all a bit much and that we needed to make time for each other. And that that felt, within the concept of being at that resort for that week, which is quite hardcore, yeah. it felt really important to, to, to come away from it and survive by ourselves for a little bit. We had a reasonably sturdy, passionate conversation about this recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe six months ago, where I wished to step back from the lifestyle for some time. Yeah. Yes. Was it more than 15 minutes? Uh, yes. More than an evening? Young Kate did not agree with Ooh. that at the time. Who and is this young Kate? Actually... <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more, Daryl. I'm intrigued. Why did you step back? Uh, so, I, I think, so I think we're running at different pace, paces at the moment, Kate. Oh, no. don't, over, don't foreshadow. I don't give a fuck. I'm not reading the questions. It's your job to it's your job to sort out when I fuck up the questions, okay, good. not mine. Carry on. Um, so the, there's a pace difference between us because during the pandemic, as an example, you know, we we'd stopped again, enforced stop. But post pandemic or post reopening, 
Kate has been much more engaged in the lifestyle because of both her business and also just a more consistent return to places and people that we know than I have, which means we're running at a different pace. I feel very outside of the lifestyle right now. And I feel very remote from it as well because a lot of the people we know are not here. And I have a significant problem with that. And to the point where at one point I just said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't wish to be involved in something that I'm not involved in. And I feel like on a podcast that I am actually a imposter on that podcast because I'm not involved and I'm not engaged with the lifestyle because I'm busily doing other things whilst Kate's involved in it and engaged, but not engaged locally so that I can at least at a weekend or you know every now and again be involved here locally so I understand that I'm still a part of this. So I, it got to a point for me where I said, I don't think I wish to do this anymore. We need to slow down. And you know the immediate response from Kate was more of, well, so you need me to shut down my business. You know That's where it went, which was a very interesting reaction for me and something we negotiated through, of course. Well, of course, yes, we did. But it's still something that is that, that weighs on me every time we go to a club, for example, because uh, I'm not in many cases in the mood to go anymore because I don't know whether I want to be there or want to be engaged with what's happening. So it, it is an ongoing conversation. It's not something that's that's particularly sticky for the friends that we have and have always had. I, that won't change. You know, the the that part of their lifestyle journey is still very honest and true for me. But it's the look forward. How do I want to be involved in this in future? And, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. But it may not be. I mean, it may be, it may not be, but that's not going to change again the historic relationships, just change the way I and hence we <laughs> look at it moving forward. Are you actively still sitting back from, from no. new encounters? No, I, actually the opposite. So my biggest issue is that there's nothing, that, that there's nobody, we don't have local friends. So one of the things Kate mentioned in the previous episode um, is that she loves to have um, be punched in the face. See, I, <laughs> I got that back in. Now, one of the things she mentioned in the previous episode was that we're getting closer and closer to the people we care about in terms of where they are in some ways, but we're also getting further and further away from some of the other people we care about. So we're kind of in this sort of middle ground where people are close but not close enough where you can have a, just a weekend at the pub or a day at the pub with them, right, versus what I really enjoy is a, a relatively consistent interaction. You know, the more the more consistency there is to the relationship, the more interested I am in people. That's just the facts of it, right? Because you like those deeper conversations and understanding more it's about not just people. The, and... It's not just the deeper conversations. I, I, I mean, we, I, had, I set a fairly stringent rule for our wedding that if we hadn't spoken to them in six months, they weren't coming, you know, because it, it was, to me, if you're outside of six months and you haven't flicked a text message to somebody, Checking then on how somebody. deep is the relationship, right? And the lifestyle relationships inherently are quite deep because they involve things that you're giving to people that you normally wouldn't give away outside of your relationship. So with that in mind, it becomes the longer we're away from somebody, for me, the tougher it is for me to be interested because it's just inherent that they have other things going on in their lives and they're doing things that I don't know about and, and I just feel not part of their, their ongoing life. What about you two? Have you ever stepped back from the lifestyle? Mm, interesting. Um, so maybe not in quite the same way as Dal's describing around having very different expectations and outputs. What we do, we're fairly joined up on that. It's more been life events that have maybe forced us to take a step back because of just life more than our misaligned attitude. Mm -hmm. Probably fair because we're we're generally on the same page with. You know, are we still getting enough out of this to want to carry on? And yes, we both are. And we regularly check in with each other to say, you still okay? We all good? Are you good? But that's fine. So it's more been things like life events that may may have to reevaluate. Can we put this energy in? I think we're probably less inclined at the moment to find space for new relationships and new encounters because we've got so much catching up to do with existing ones that we it's actually more fun to be rekindling those and seeing people we belong than it is to find new ones. But that does make you, I guess, uh, back to Daryl's point earlier, that does make you significantly more out of practice. If you're so yeah. used to like going to events or being around your tribe, 
just consistently moving like a like a tribe around all these things when you're on your own and separated from that tribe yeah. it makes you very vulnerable yeah and we we found that a pcap that was one of one of the things that we've talked about a lot was that we felt very out of practice of mm. of meeting new people yeah. and, and building those connections not so much just chatting to new people because we're social and we can do that but actually bringing people into the collective if you want to call it that. the collective the borg yeah. <laughs> we will assimilate them we've well, got the technology we, we found great people that we love and have taken along for the ride along the way brilliant and as you say finding new people and faces to join that sounds a bit cultish but it's really not it's more like-minded individuals is is difficult because you need to invest the time into building that so i think sometimes it's just more important to me to rekindle and reintegrate with the existing ones right. than actually well there's there's a reason to find a new one there isn't really a reason to find i'm happy with revisiting the ones yeah. that we've already got and just have missed maybe i think that's fair so I it's not fair. about us sitting back from it more making sure that we reinvest the ones that matter. yeah agreed okay have you ever felt that your partner is running six steps ahead of you and you are feeling <laughs> left out? Left out is not the word. I mean, so, yes, running in front or, yes, absolutely, feeling it at the moment, in fact. Like that, that is a the descriptor of today. Not today as in today, but certainly current events for me that, uh, yeah, Kate is very much running in front of where I would like to be. But that's not... I mean, there's been discussions around this along the way as well. So it's not, I certainly hope it's no surprise to Kate that I would say that out loud, given that we've discussed this as well. So, yeah, I mean, answer done. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to add to that. I've already covered all the other shit before. We, um, we talked quite a bit about this, this, and, you know, this, this pace issue that we've kind of hinted at all the way through, this foreshadowing you talk about, because sometimes whether you realise it or not, the pace isn't quite matching each other. And that's not always because one of you is more invested than the other, I think, into what you're doing. It's more maybe levels of confidence and levels of how much you're feeling, your body image. It could be a whole number of factors influencing how fast you're moving into things and your, other, your partner isn't maybe at the same pace as you are. I think, like you say, pace can be measured in a variety of different ways. And I think typically I'm the one that does all the admin, for example. So it feels that constantly I'm the one that's pushing it yeah, because maybe. I'm the one that's doing that, that mm. admin part and yeah, coming up with the ideas happen, yeah. and, and, and the suggestions. Uh, by the same token, often at a meet, you're often running more ahead than I am because you're more confident in, in accelerating that way. So it kind of, it does even itself out, I suppose. Yeah. But again, it, like different relationships feel different. And sometimes there's, there are people where I'm more confident being more forwards and sometimes there's people where you're. Would you say sometimes the pace is mismatched because you're not both feeling the same level of attraction for all the parties? Yeah, I, I'd say that's, that's there. I think being in practice, Daryl's mentioned, is, makes a huge difference as well and being, you know, just feeling like you're part of it. Because I think if I think back to pre-COVID times, I, I kind of felt like I was getting into... Uh, the swing of it and getting, uh, you know, I kind of, I had a flow, a pattern, a banter or whatever that, that I could apply. Yeah, everyone, you get the same template. Sorry, no one is special. But um, <laughs> but it was, it, you know, you know roughly what the scope of things are going to be and you know how they're going to go and you, you can ride that more effectively. Whereas now I don't feel like I'm practiced and well-hearsed in that. So therefore I'm a little bit more cautious, I suppose, because I'm trying, I'm not so good at yeah, I was never good at reading signs, but I'm even worse at it now. Our collective pace has slowed down, definitely, because, like we said the other day, we are out of practice in meeting people that we haven't met before, mm. purely because we've just not had to do it and we've not had the scope to do it. So we were like a fish out of water, really, weren't we? Like, what do we do? How do we do this again? I can't remember even how to make it clear to someone that I want to... <laughs> but also there is the the convenience of people that you already know okay. there comes a, lo a whole load of other trappings with that but if, if you're comfortable with with your group of friends or playmates or whatever then it's almost no, a no-brainer you can't you can understand how things are going to go because you know how it's worked in the past whereas finding new people is a lot of high maintenance and effort and is. selective processes and internetting and whatnot fabmin yeah fabmin exactly that okay <laughs> how do you feel about the the pace um, issue that Tower was just so there's I think there's two steps to this. 
to flip it on its head, not running ahead, but I do find sometimes that I feel like he's running behind a little bit in terms of like just engagement and life. It's kind of exactly what he said, mirroring that, but from my perspective. But what I do find is that when we're at a meet or at a club, I feel like he is running six steps ahead of me in terms of like really? just being out there. Yeah, we were at a club a couple of weeks ago and he was just like bullet a gate, just charge, charge, charge. And I was a little bit more reserved in terms mm-hmm. of like I just want to kind of feel out the environment, feel out these people because it was literally walked in, went to have some food, found a couple, sat down next to that couple because they, they that was the only seats in the house and then spent that time with that couple. And then I think he was more of a bullet a gate and I was a bit more of a... In, in what regard? Like he seemed to really enjoy them and you were like, okay, I think these, great, these guys are great and you were just like pretty much... No. No? Again, nope. perception, I guess. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the people I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. <laughs> they were lovely, but, I mean, they were lovely. They were sweet. They were nice. It was their very first time they'd been at a, at a, at a club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> If you if your perception of me running forward me running forward there is that I wish to have sex with them immediately, I would have picked a different couple. Really, it's their first time at an event. The chances <laughs> of having sex with them is basically zero. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not fucking hell. I'm not an idiot. Well, irregardless, irregardless, come on, you're better than that. I I'm actually not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that when we're at a physically out of place, so I think all of the pre bits and pieces and bits and bobs and like the planning and going to a club and everything, and then we get there and Daryl's tends to be a bit more forward than I am. Do you find that one of you is more? If you say the gas and the brake, I'm going to not give you any more wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole analogy of like, oh, somebody the gas, oh. somebody's the brake. No, no, there I've, never, ha- I've never heard that analogy. There is nobody in this American. Could we just use throttle as we all would in our own native tongues? Would Thanks. accelerator be okay? Accelerator's fine as well, yeah. Accelerator, throttle. And the stop mechanism. <laughs> and the, yeah, the, th- the brakey-brake-brake. The brakey-brake-brake. <laughs> I, I, no, I was going to ask, is one of you more forward than the other in, in showing someone that you're or, or flirting with someone or sharing you with someone that you're interested in. You need to ask this. <laughs> oh, listeners might not know. I mean, you could just point if you like and then say he is much more forward and touchy <laughs> than the other two that we had a discussion about yesterday where they felt attacked, I might uh, add. Oh, yes, yes. On the we fact that we, 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 were not. we occasionally... We're occasionally surprised that they end up in bed together, given that it seems like they've just tripped over and fallen on each hang other. On, hang on, I distinctly recall being being attacked with. At uh, one point, we were next to each other, and these two pointed towards us, Kate, didn't they? And said, "Look, they're touching." Yes. That was and and that was like a massive leap forward. You did. <laughs> uh, that was the hilarity of it. You sprang. You sprang apart like. Two chipmunks in the headlights of a gas-powered car. Do you answer your questions, fuckheads? (laughs) Hey, my question was valid. It was not an attack. Pointed, but valid. It wasn't pointed. It was actually really subtle because it was was for the listeners to get involved. They don't know. Yeah, it was me. If you want to understand who was attacking here, apparently it was me. Because that was very subtle, and I know I just went fucking Jesus. Just <laughs> point at the people okay, you're a couple, talking a, a about. A couple here. of things. I think um, <laughs> this goes back to your um, your affirmation uh, style mm-hmm. as well. So, kind of what we spoke about about ten episodes ago, roughly. So there are times Pretty when sure I'm sure I was drunk. Quite yeah, and you were getting angry at me from citing references. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, don't do that. There are, there are times when I'm a little bit more forward. Um, it depends on how I'm feeling, but there's also times when, and that Citations would be are in the show notes. more specifically, like 80% of the time, when my um, style of affirmation is that I want to feel wanted. Okay. So it's not necessarily that. It dep- so again, 80-20. There's 20% where I'm actively like pursuing and very aggressive about that pursuing. And that aggressive doesn't mean. pursuing, Wow. But that doesn't mean that I find that person more interesting or more attractive. It's got nothing to do with that. It's then the times when. I sorry, you use the term aggressively pursuing. <laughs> I'm just curious as to when this aggressive <laughs> pursuance has occurred. And with whom? And who So uh, this is my turn to talk. <laughs> when it's really nice, again, that whole um, style of affirmation when I'm res- on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the situation with Mr. H and I is that he is also of the same mindset. So you've got these 100%. two people that are of this like... Both need to feel that they want to. Attachment style and affirmation style that it's the constant... Push and so you're both too stubborn to show the other you're interested because you it's, both want to feel it, pursued. It's, it's almost a politeness. It's a you go first. Can you please but it's also you want, you want not the other attack person. them again? I will flip a table. Marvel US Vixen will be very happy about my flipping of said table. That's my answer. Are we done? Are we moving on to the next question? I'm really confused, but fine. <laughs> A standard Monday, then. I've never known someone I think I just not something answer the question. Myself. I just learned something about uh, myself. Okay, Mrs. L said, I would really love to hear more about cultural differences, especially as you all come from different countries, yet have been to the, some of the same places. Should we talk about the cultural differences of affirmation? Because <laughs> I still don't think she's answered that question. <laughs> what, what is it you want to know? It's fine. She's not going to answer me because it's confusing and you both just... I fucking answered you! What, what, okay, I... Devil's face was a picture. I, I don't think his mouth could be open anymore. He was like, what? I think it was just the term aggressive. Pursuance. Pursuance that <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm just, I'm reaching out. Just let me, let me ask this question to the three metric tons of um, sexual <laughs> partners we've had. Metric tons now. Yep. So not, not Imperial. So for those of you out there that are using the Imperial system, break out your calculator for the three metric tons of people that we've been involved with sexually since we've been in the lifestyle, could one of you, any of you who've been aggressively pursued, I'd be really interested in you reaching out to us to help me understand when this aggressive pursuance occurred. <laughs> I, I think Kate aggressively pursued me when we were playing Mario Party and she was about three <laughs> spaces behind. And then she lost and I think she was going to destroy our room. <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah. I think I think that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was champagne involved. <laughs> okay, so on to the next question. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Mrs. Al. Uh, I really love cultural to hear more differences. About cultural differences, especially since all of you come from different countries that have been in the same places. I think so going to PCAP we noticed a whole load of cultural differences between the UK and the so even down to things like where people had, and they had hotel rooms, they would invite people into the rooms and decorate them and just oh yeah, uh, do this whole sort of room crawl thing. Didn't even occur to mm, us. Yeah, that, I don't think we've, we've seen that. Purely hotel things aren't a thing in the so UK. So you don't decorate your room if you go and ho you don't do no. like lights and diffusers no. No, and drinks and... This is a no. hotel room. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that? <laughs> And chances are house cleaning would have turned up I, and like I torn all down. I entirely agree with your perception here. You know, I'm all about it. I you like know, it. This is what I'm about to say. You want to know who's changed their perception on the way Me. through this lifestyle. Yeah. Because somebody spent, I think, a little more time in the US than we have. I and think it shows interest. I, I liked it. I like and it. I, I just I, didn't I know it was a thing. fun, but culturally, if we were to try and do that over here, I think we'd be met, say over here, over in the UK, I think we'd be yes, met Yes, that's with, right, because Brexit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something that were incredibly deadpan. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. But I, I, I don't think we'd sell it or be able to sell it. Uh, I think there's also an interesting thing about money in the UK and the way people yeah. people are happy to invest in an experience. I think that mm -hmm. probably it's a bit more of a struggle to get people to do that. But what about approaches? Do you find that people in, say, America were similar minded in terms of talking to you, getting to know you? before in the bed versus, say, like a, the European, which is like, you know, sex first, touch first, and maybe ask later a little bit. I, I don't. So given, I mean, given Brexit for starters, not European, so just saying oh, that, but also um, not European. I think we can all agree sitting in this room in the Netherlands that just across the water is the UK, but you couldn't be further away in terms of how... The, 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 the attitude. No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So, so mm. I, 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 this is the reason I'm, I'm saying this because I think you're. But you have to be careful that when you proposition this, you don't make it look as though Mr. and Mrs. H speech speak for Europe because it's the UK is a very different oh, place I didn't, I, to the I rest said, of Europe. What are the differences here versus there versus America? Like, I think that probably you didn't America. Say that here, there, I did. I said America. I think it's probably more similar Can we play to the that UK. Recording? Uh, we could do if we could be bothered, but we're not, we're, right. we're not bothered. I, I, the, generally, <laughs> I think that there is a bit of a rock up and fuck approach across the UK. 
And I think that's made it particularly difficult for us to find people that we're interested in because the vast swathes of people on Fab, Fab being the biggest site over there, are very much a, hey, yeah, let's meet and go straight into a fuck situation. It's like, hey, you're free tonight? Yeah. No. So I, that feels quite different to what we've experienced in the US. That said, our experience in the US has been in smaller groups. It's been things like takeovers, of which you've been involved in many, Kate. And I think it's also ta- it's been tailored because we're not getting we're not stepping on a plane from here to fly to the US, which is I mean, granted, nine hours minimum, right? Yeah. From here to there, and spending the amount of money that's required to get there without us going to an event that we believe will be a group of people that we actually like, which which means I think we kind of self self police uh, self police that. Right? We don't. We, there's events that we've all agreed now we will never go to again that we've been to, well, that you and I have been to in the past, that don't fit with that. No, they don't fit with that. Yeah. So, you know, when you're not morally, if you... If you Sound if, or care. Yeah. Then you, you just, that, that group of people or that event or that place is not something that you'll ever go back to. So with that happy note and keeping that in mind, I think some of it is around the groups of people that you hang around with rather than the overall culture of the place because there's going to be people that align to your thought process or whatever. It's just finding them and getting them in the right place. But I do, I do think there's a, if you take, again, the vast majority of people, if you look at people in Australia and the way they approach the lifestyle, I think if you look at people in the UK and the Americas, I think they're pretty similar styles. What I find very different is people in Europe. Yep. So when we went to um, a club in Spain for the first time, I feel like six, six or six, six and a half years ago, we were shocked at the fact that we went in and instantly basically people were like, just touching me and they were like hey let's go to the playroom and at the time I was like Jesus I don't even know your name like I don't know or if our lifestyle aligns at all and I found that to be really interesting and we've seen that kind of through Paris we've seen that in Paris we've seen that here in the Netherlands absolutely in various places we saw it at Cap d'Arc of course in France like it is very very different to the approaches that I think people in the Americas the UK and Australia have by and large, of course, there's going to be exceptions to that where, like you said before, people on Fab are like, let's go, you know, anal fist in the park <laughs> and go dogging. We got a dogging message like two days ago on Fab. Anal fisting in the park. This is the aggressive pursuance she was talking about. <laughs> Aggressively Kate, pursuing Kate anal fisting. Apparently anal fisting people in the and park. So I think there are, you know, obviously there's the exception. By and large, I think that Australians, people from the UK and Americans probably tend to... Anal fist people in the park approach things very similar and then you've got people from Europe and then obviously people from Asia Pacific as well that are slightly different. How interesting if someone so a few years back if we were going to look at something a bit erotic to watch when in the days when we used to have our little sex den we used to bring down some duvets from stairs and grab a bottle of champagne. A porn nest! Right okay whatever you want to call it. It's a porn nest! Yeah. Typically if Miss Rachel had been like oh what do you fancy watching my my response would not have been like, oh, let's just get some porn from whatever. It, I would go, oh, a bit of world cinema. And you bet your bottom dollar it would be French. <laughs> and for some reason, I always assume that French is synonymous with like some erotic kind of... Classy porn. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the kind of porn I want to watch. Because Which is I recommended Marc Dorcel to you last night. Right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of go, oh, the French know how to fucking do it. Like, that's... For me, almost like a world cinema erotic kind of subset. But could you take the way that you approach the lifestyle and could you put yourself in those circumstances in France where it's just a very... It just feels fucking nice, right? No, but I think in that situation, you would probably fare better than I would, but you'd still be freaked the fuck out. I think you would. It's very, it's very um, touch and then you remove the hand. Well, but possibly part of that is because I've become accustomed to the more concent-driven ways that we do things and like to do. But when the French portray it in an erotic visual aid, you kind of don't really see it like that. You just get swept away. Yeah, but there's, there's a difference between world sim- cinema and of going to there Dag, where... And what you don't see in the French erotic literature and, and visual aids is that they're having the consent beforehand, maybe. Let's just assume uh, it's done. No, I think... So I think you're missing a beat here. Possibly. I think what I'm getting at is when when I think about eroticism and that kind of the visual stimulants that come with that, I my mind always wanders to French world cinema. Okay. 
But, but, but you're talking about cultural differences. Yes, we're talking about cultural differences, but that's cinema. But in, in terms of the actual going there and going to a club, the concept I haven't is, been to a French club. Maybe no, but we there. have heard about other people going to a club, and, and Kate's just described that it's very much hands-on, it's very mm. much uh, consent is less okay. outright. Maybe that's the focus, right? It's more implied, less in... Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think, and we discussed implied, I've discussed implied consent in the past in our podcast around uh, dark rooms, for example, where if you walk into a dark room, a dark room is known to have sexual it's one activities. One of the reasons why we it. won't have one ever. It, yeah. it's, it's an implied consent scenario, which can be dangerous, very mm-hmm. dangerous, mm-hmm. right? It depends on whether, you're int- whether you have a group of people who are just interested in implied consent rather, rather than verbal consent. Like to be fair, party. we've also seen Kate navigate a room with light in it and the thought of a dark room with Kate in it scares the shit out of me. How much <laughs> stuff would be broken yeah, and destroyed. Point. Good point. No, it's pretty true. What? what now she looks you again. kill yourself of tripping over something. My head does hurt. Yeah, I know your head hurts because you ran into our rafters last night. This morning, sorry. This morning, after I'm getting into bed last night, and Kate's like, oh, watch your head, don't hit it on the rafters. I was being she gets very up this loving. morning and goes, belt, and the whole fucking house shook, basically. And then she went, oh, I've hurt my head. But do you, when you think about these sorts of circumstances, I say you were in a, like a really sexy French club, and argument's sake, you thought everybody was in there was very attractive, both of you. Okay. You walk in, and instantly people are just on you, and then you're involved in a play session. Do you think that, again, everyone's attractive? You fancy everybody. Been not a lot of conversation. Do you think you'd fare okay in that kind of club situation where people were just like, okay, let's go play? And they just kind of got on you and... I suspect I would not and that she probably would do. <laughs> that's probably a fair assessment. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think you're much happier in the moment. Yeah, I would agree. And going with it. Equally, you, you care less about saying no, I think. I care less but say no. Yeah, you don't really, you, you, you just kind of go with the thing and then you'll worry about it afterwards that you're not so happy about. I'm also quite fussy though. Yes, but I think if you're in the moment, then less of a problem. Jacques, Mrs. H, Jacques. Yeah. So I, think, I think to answer this question very broadly, like every place has very different approaches to lifestyle and mm. I think that... Not every place. <laughs> <laughs> I think every place needs its own assessment in terms of what the lifestyle means to them. What you're comfortable what you're comfortable with dealing with versus what the local standard is. It's a thrilling mix of you, the club and the people. Okay, next one from Mrs. L. How do you keep those long distance friendships that you make on your travels from dwindling over time? Zoom zoom. <laughs> Lots of zooms. Actually, you can't answer it. Zoom. I think there it is- helps. I think that helps. I think it's um, it's very difficult to keep relationships going over a long distance. Mm, it, it is just a regular long distance relationship is tough, but when you're talking about other partners, it's it's a, it's a step removed from it. I think you can invest in it and you can set dates that you've got to look forward yeah. to. That helps tremendously by saying, yeah. you know, okay, we might not see each other for a year, but we know at the end of that year that we will catch yeah. up. I think that helps you invest in the chat and the the contact and all that other stuff. But I think every relationship by its very nature sort of dwindles a little bit. If you don't have contact, you can't help yep. that. Totally agree. Yeah. You very need hard to, to have... keep anything alive when you don't feed it. Yeah. Mm. You do need to have something to look forward to. Yep. And if that, albeit as a date, as you say, sort of eight months in the future and you say, let's let's commit to this date, let's do something. And you kind of, you have that in your mind, don't you? You want to work towards. And I think that there are people that we've, we've played with that we, we thought, well, that's great. That's a, like, it was a really good play session or really good interaction or experience or whatever. And yeah, it'd be lovely to catch up with them again, but we just haven't for years. So to carry on from that, say you had sex with somebody who was maybe, I'm going to say three hours away driving in the UK. Mm-hmm. What makes you not go for constant contact and the reaching out? Is it life? Is it just that you, that you didn't think there was enough of a connection there? Yeah, I think it's, it's all of those things. That you weren't being aggressively pursued enough? <laughs> we know that feeling well, Kate, right? <laughs> I'm going to not aggressively pursue. You poor Email. delicate flowers. Email will be in the show notes for anyone who, of the three ton <laughs> people. Please, uh, please reach out when Kate has aggressively pursued you. There is, there is something around the, you know, how, how much investment do you want to put in for that relationship? How much 
can you pursue it? Does, and does life get in the way? And there's people we've met in the States that we've, you know, that we consider really great friends that we just haven't chatted to for a, quite a while. But they're in the States. But they're in the States. And that's a huge distance. And when you go back there, you can't see every fucker. You just can't. And, and it pains me because, you know, I, there are people we met at the Desire when we met you folks. And I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to catch up with them. You know what? Like, we can't always make it happen. Yeah. And there's cost, there's investment, there's aligning I'm... diaries. I mean, it's hard to align diaries with people that live an hour up the road. Mm. And additionally, for me, I do not want every one of our holidays to be a lifestyle holiday. And that's fair. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in that being my, my entire life view, mm. that, that it's just that, right? Yeah. Um, and, th- and that doesn't... So that means not going to, you know, every time we go to the US, it doesn't mean that I, we won't catch up with people that we're, we like and invested in lifestyle-wise. Right? But we've, I've experienced probably 5% of what is available globally that I wish to experience. And we've been to how many countries? A lot. Anyway, but, but with that in mind, I have to allot some space for doing things so that when I get to my midlife crisis, I don't need to buy a Ferrari. <laughs> I, I, I want to have done enough that I can look back and happily say I'm satisfied with what I've done till now. And that's not just lifestyle things. That's just a portion of my life. I've got many other things that, you know, that float my boat, excite me, um, scare me. You know, all those sorts of things are important to have a balanced life. If you don't, I mean, we fell into this in the first six months of this journey. We, we went to the a lifestyle club every Weekend, almost every weekend. Almost yeah. every weekend for six months. It's too much. You lose yourself. You also gain a fuck ton of weight because <laughs> you know you you're drinking profusely mm. every weekend and eating as well. So there, there was a whole lot of downside to that. I think it's really important that you keep a balanced outlook on life. And in some cases, that balance needs to swing from one side to the other. In that, I, I really think we need to invest more time in our lifestyle journey here in this country. You know, here, or I should say locally rather than here in this country, but locally where, where we have people that we can hang out with yeah. on a weekend. Yes, because I think when you look at Europe and everything, especially like in Sydney, we would have friends that were an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Here, that's a flight and that's okay too. It's just the, yeah. no, the no, no, ability no, to connect. In a- yeah, and, and it's the ability to continually connect yeah. and, and catch up every few months even, you know, like to mm. actually have a conversation learn about how people's lives are going and, and the things that are – and just get inspired to be part of somebody's life. You know, like it, you have to be inspired and interested to want to engage with people. And if they're not interested and somewhat inspired by talking to you, then they're not going to hang around either. So there's a natural attrition to long-distance relationships, all of them. Even oh. – sorry, not even long-distance relationships, even just fucking close relationship. relationships. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring this Jesus. to you then. What about the fact that, say, long distance, like you might lose the connection of even knowing somebody in their trials and tribulations? Do you think that's important? When you're talking about your relationships with other people, does it need, need to be the highlights for you or do you legitimately want to know, like, hey, that person's been going through some stuff and I want to help them through it or I want to be there for them? Or do you want to step back from that and go, you know what? Not my fight, not my, what is it? Not my dog, not my fight? I would say legitimately all the relationships that we had, whether it be long-term or not, I want to be involved in some way and involved in making their lives better in some way because they've all meant something to me. And I, I like to think that in some capacity they'll always be in my life because it, distance really shouldn't be a prohibiting factor. If you want to help that relationship, you know, you, you, you will do what it takes. I mean, to be done. Yeah, but absolutely. if there is a level of distance and there is a lack of seeing people, then naturally things tail off. But of I think course. for me, if, if that relationship is worth saving mm. or worth maintaining, then it's important that they know that you're only at the end of, of the phone. I think the, the thing, the, the other thing that drives me with this one a little bit is the, the the amount of effort that people put into returning that. Yes. So it's all well you chasing and chasing and chasing, but if people don't reciprocate, do the same, reciprocate, then, yeah. and try to do that, then is it a if relationship? It's complicate. Yes. If they don't, it's complicate if they don't reciprocate. It's the value that you you derive from Tossicate. relationship. It needs to be two way. It does. Otherwise, you're. Otherwise, it's one way. And I tell you what, actually, I'll bring this. I'll bring this to a very um, recent scenario for me. 
you know, we talk about the fact that like maybe you don't need to talk to your friends every six months or 12 months or whatever. But I think in actuality that when you don't, you're so far removed. And if that person, again, continually is not reaching out, Mm -hmm. then maybe you just need to let it go. So I think less of how do you keep them from dwindling over time and more like how do you make sure that the ones that you truly value are actually... How do you filter Mm -hmm. the fucking chaff? Mm. There's only so much you can push and push yeah, and push. And so years ago, we met other people that we thought were going to be a really great connection, and it's always us. So now I've just kind of cut it to the point where I'm like, okay, it's done now. I'm not reaching out anymore. It's the same with family, though. And I think, oh, you, God. you know, family is incredibly difficult because you, you have a sort of sometimes a moral obligation, not that you always necessarily need to see family that. Family gives you a reason to hang out with people you normally wouldn't associate yeah, 100%, with. 100%. 100%. And, you know, you can chase your family around the world and you can throw it back. And, and the difficulty is, is it doesn't always pan out with family. And, and the same is very true of any, any relationship that you're trying to maintain. That's exactly true. And I think, you know, sometimes it's a very, very hard decision to cut family out of your life. Sometimes you have to, you have to make that decision because if you're just wasting your life and your energy and it's causing you pain, it's better to take a step away. That doesn't mean... Think that you, you need to be malicious. That you need to be malicious, but also that you that, that you can't pick that up at a later time. Okay. That you can't reinstate that, or that someone can be bumped back onto the list if they're ha- if if you're all in agreement that that's something that's worth. Wait, we're not supposed to be malicious, but not always. Oh, I mean, sometimes shit. you just have to stand up in a hot tub and chuck people out. I mean, that's just... and just wave your dick in their face and say, "Get the fuck out." So Steph has said, and I've broken this up into two two parts. Steph has said that she wants more information about like newbies and what they might not think about. But what I really like about Steph's comment here, because it involves Harry Potter, yes. is where do I keep my sex toys in a club? Do I carry it around like my ha- in my hand like a Harry Potter wand waiting for the magic moment? Or do I break the moment and run down to my locker? And Steph is joining us in London City and I'm really excited to meet her because she made a Harry Potter reference. That, uh, that helps quite a lot. Should we do more, some Harry Potter stuff or in London? Do you like that? Do, 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 do. Oh, sorry, i got to cut Do you that need off. to go to dinner? <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we're only allowed to say HP one more time before this is demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, then it might be demonetized and then we won't make any money off of our billions of dollars of making money of off a podcast. Horrible. Well, do you know what, staff, from amazing person that's going to join the event, I will say that one thing that could be an amazing help in this situation is the Crave necklace that you can wear. True. That you don't have to stash away anywhere and it is also pretty and you can carry it around your person and then take it off and use it as a vibrator. Wait, I have another option. Just stick a dildo in, carry it around. <laughs> it kind of does come back to the whole yeah. condoms and lube and everything else but situation. However, let's come back to that. Okay, so... Because, of course, at some point you're going to be standing there talking to somebody in a bar and then move to the playroom. And what she's basically saying is, like, do I carry it around in this magic pouch? Or do I break away and be like, you know what, I've got to go do something. I mean, we've probably all got opinions about this, but I you you have a little pouch. I enjoy the breakaway. Let's debate it. Let's do it, right? Let's he have has a, a pouch debate. that he typically condenses his very favourite little toys and a little tiny pot of liquid silk lube into a little bottle, puts them in a little pouch and then gives me the pouch because typically I always carry no, a no, small no. handbag with me. Sometimes. Very often I will carry it around in my is, bag. This is more lies, my More lies. Not more so, lies. So You're more typically lies. Typically what will happen is that we'll have two pouches. Ah. So um, when we've previously bought um, hot toys. They call those toys, ball sacks. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> we, we, we have two pouches. So one, one has... Uh, some condoms and lube and your toy. And this is a smallish pouch a smallish that pouch. can be compacted into a small handbag. Yep, and then I'll have my own pouch, which has the cock ring that I tend to take with me, the lube and some condoms. I have a perfect solution to this problem. Just do like we do in Australia, ride kangaroos everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, you then have your, you have your pouch with you. You're okay with carrying the pouch around? Yeah. We're in the realm of I've, Harry I've Potter here. I've often got it out mind. and talked about it in front of crowds. So I, I'm partial to having the pouch in a locker. I don't mind a locker if there's one to be had, but I also don't really necessarily always accept there'd be a locker there. I don't want there to assume should, there is. There should be. No, there doesn't have to well, with, the, with the event that we've got, there will be a locker and there. And they also should be colour-coded and have... Yes, we, we are aware of your colour-coded fascinations. Yes, locker yes. porn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm partial to it. Okay, one, because I think it gives you a chance to break away a little bit and talk about things. And yeah. if, you're, if you're single, it's probably a little bit different. Maybe you get to 
really think mm-hmm. about what you want. In a couple circumstance, I think it's the ability to then break away. And you mm-hmm. don't have to do it as a team. One person can go do it as well and get their stuff. The other thing is I like to refresh. Mm-hmm. So that gives me the opportunity. If I'm going to get my locker stuff, I also get to break into the bathroom and break out my, like, wipes and everything else Listen, and I get to refresh. You should know there are a lot of air quotes being used during <laughs> <laughs> And I, I kind of like that refresh moment of just like, okay, I'm going to go down and get my stuff. And that might be as well, like changing into laundry. It could be getting my pouch. It could be then refreshing a little bit. I, I like that moment. And then... Could be fingering your own anus. I mean, whatever you do ah. there, right? But I do understand about the fact that people say it might break the, the flow. Yeah. And I, I think I understand where she's coming from with the, the worry of things are going quite well and you don't want to then go, wait a minute, I need to go and get the magic bag of stuff. Sometimes it's like, oh, things are going really well. I don't want to break this up. Sorry, we've established single lady, correct? No, No, that's part of a couple. Okay, sorry. I thought we would. I thought you discussed single lady. No, no, no. I said if you if you were a single lady, it might be a little bit different. If you're a single lady, people are going to wait for you. Yeah, (laughs) I I love the fact that she's actually bringing her sex toys along to the game because that's also something that some people shy away from because they're like, oh no, I better not do that. Kangaroo. I don't know where you're going with this. Problem solved. Pout. Just cram the pouch. Oh, yeah, I got you. Now I understand. Every day is a school day with you, isn't it? It is. I've learned so much. I know. Should we talk about suck farts oh, now or God, later? Oh, my God, we do it? What about you, Daryl? Pouch, pouch, oh, no pouch. We'll wait, we'll wait for the suck fart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it just comes out of personal preference. But uh, for me, I actually, it depends on what I'm wearing. But if I'm wearing anything, <laughs> then I'll always have a bottle of lube and some condoms on me. True, you have like maybe two condoms and like a bottle, a small like sample of micro sample, mm-hmm. sample that you break on the ground. <laughs> I, I have never, so I've been through many bottles of lube and I have never broken one on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I didn't drop that one. Oh, didn't you? No, you dropped oh, it. Well, fuck. Must have been me then. Anyway. Pish. If you're using that as lube, that's a bad idea, my friend. Pish <laughs> is not lube. So, uh, Tears are though, I right? Think, I, I, think, um, I, I think it's easy, as a, as a guy generally... Certainly, most of the world, you have the ability to, to be wearing something, right? And mangerie is not really a thing in most countries no. as well. So you're, you've always got pockets available. So you're, if you're oh, traveling okay. with a man and just say, hey, dude, beside my lipstick, hair straightener, hair dryer, and all the other things you have stuffed in your pockets, just in case I need to go straighten some shit and curl it and then straighten it again, could you throw in a couple of condoms? I, I think it says... Quite a lot if you turn up to the party with some sex toys that will Me help too. somebody. Oh, I, I agree. It's, it's like, hey, I brought this stuff. Like, this is cool. If you want to play with it, it's there. And I've thought about this. So i got a question for the guys in the room then. So let's now think about the fact that this is Steph asking. So say Steph and her partner have met you and she's <laughs> like... No, they'll never be back. No, like you're obviously you're there with Mrs. H and I'm there with you, much to your chagrin. And... <laughs> Steph is like, hold on a second, I'm going to move to play. I'm going to go get my, I'm going to go down to the lockers for a moment. I'll be right back up. Would you have a problem with that? Yes, no. No, I'll be like, no, I'm going to take this great. opportunity to have a wee now. And maybe I'll go and replenish the drinks. We all so have a role to play. Teamwork. Well, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. We could oh, actually, we could, we could minimise this. Without because we've powers got one combined. Person, we've got one person who needs a wee. we got like somebody else who's... Re, re, drinks duty. We could just yeah. join you two Divide together. He could... Replenish the drinks. In my new role as Jesus, I'll be able to turn the water into wine. I can turn urine into urine. (laughs) So what we're saying for Steph is that it's okay to, you know, quote unquote, break. And go and get your stuff from a locker if there's a locker. I think it's fine. Is there a way to do it more sexier? Yes, ride a fucking kangaroo. How many times do I have to say this? Is there a way for a woman to be more, like, seductive about I'm just going to go to the locker and, like, freshen up for you kind of deal? Well, would it not be be really sexy to say, I have some stuff I want to show you and I have some stuff that would enhance our play. I'll be right back. Why don't you wait? For me here or wherever it is you've decided to be. I, I think it's I think it's Or go and get a playroom. Go and get a playroom, yeah. maybe? Like why don't you well, go and yeah. find a playroom? Then you need for to us. work out the special knock for the playroom. Yeah. Like and we'll and I will be right back. the sound of the squidgy head of a penis as you walk up to the playroom door. That if your the head of your penis is squidgy, then we have problems. I don't know why it was squidgy. Heads of penises are always squidgy. Why would it be squidgy? Right? Always, that, they're that always makes squidgy. Feel like Play-Doh. No, because just back from the head is where the where the erectile tissue lives. It doesn't go all the way to the tip, so the head of the penis is always squidgy. 
Other lectures will be available during our play event at uh, Le Boudoir on the 24th of September. Kate, what's the next question, please? <laughs> <laughs> I believe we have space for no more questions and that we should probably round up at this stage. Oh, but come on, kangaroo, we all know it's true. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with going, I just need to grab some stuff or I need to do X. I, I, it's I just having it's the confidence to do it, I think. And uh, you're right, because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that like, that's going to be a really big to-do and in actual fact the person's going to be like, cool. Can I add a more importantly? What? More importantly, if they weren't, if they're going to, if they're, if they're going to fuck off whilst you're going to get sex toys, condoms and lube, yeah. they're probably fucking assets anyway yeah, and you don't want to fuck them. So I'm going to say best option here, one, ride a kangaroo. If you can get one, just come speak to some Australians. And two. Conga, sexy conga to the, the locker room. Exactly. And, and two, this is the end of the podcast. No, because <laughs> suck farts. No. Oh, so we, we, we need to get back into suck we farts. We have to cover suck farts. We're not doing it. It's not a sock fart, it's a suck fart. Yeah, no, a sock fart's a totally different thing. That's the only way you can get These them to These are on four tracks, right? Yeah. Yep. Hey, so guys, thank you so much for listening to the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. Yeah, anyway, We've been joined by Mr. and Mrs. H from the Bedhoppers podcast. Mr. H, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at bedhoppers.co.uk. Thanks to Kate badgering me into getting a website. You can find us at suckfart.com. And you can find oh, Mrs. H's. You can find Mrs. Watch. H's recent blog posts live on okay. their website. Uh, delightful. Took her three months to produce it, but it is a worth read. One second, I'll come back to you guys with suckfart.com in a second. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to cut out the suckfart bit. It's, we're going to hear it everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. So uh, we're so sorry. Yeah. We're just very. We're apologetic. Um, but thank you for everyone you who sent us in questions. Guys, in your holy of thou actually can fuck right off because yeah. I learned some stuff this weekend from Daryl. <laughs> Suckfart.com is not registered. Right, get on there. God. It's yours for taking. Um, thank you very much for listening to the episode today, guys. Please, if you haven't listened to part one, do go over to the Bed Hobbs podcast and listen to that. Uh, questions and answers from mostly the people that are coming to the are London unbelievable. event. The important part is despite what these two idiots are saying, is that if you fancy coming to Le Boudoir, mm. then you go, Kate. Is it, wouldn't it be amazing if they were ag this aggressive when they were pursuing somebody? <laughs> oh, September 24th. We'd love to see you in London City. Please come out and join us, and you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank or you. suckfart.com. <laughs> Do you know what people don't even know what the suckfart's about now? <laughs> <laughs>